What is a slow Christmas? Why is it important? In this episode, we will share what a slow Christmas is and why we choose to celebrate our holidays this way. We will share some specific traditions for meals, gifts, and more, both from our homes and from the homes of our patrons. And as a thank you for a great 2023, members of our patron community will also be receiving a special Christmas gift in their inbox that details some of our holiday traditions and recipes. And we will share more about that in this episode too. And in keeping with our theme, we will end this intro with a passage from one of our favorite Christmas poems. What can I give him poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give my heart. Welcome to the Ancestral Kitchen Podcast with Allison, a European town dweller in central Italy, and Andrea living on a newly created family farm in Northwest Washington State, USA. Pull up a chair at the table and join us as we talk about eating, cooking, and living with ancient ancestral food wisdom in a modern world kitchen. Andrea. Hello, Alison. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We have an unseasonably warm day here today. It's almost like English August in Italian December. Very strange. What? Yeah. It's, it's well, what's English August? I not very I hot. That is. Not very hot. Oh. <laughs> that's our hot month over here. Yeah. August. I think it's the hot month in the, in the UK as well, but that's still not very hot, really. Oh. But yeah, no, huh. very, yeah. very unseasonably warm. But quite a relief mm. because it's been below um, freezing centigrade here the last few days. So, Gosh. Um, yeah. How are you? That's nice. How are you? Good. I'm a little tired because I, I got a suit. I was so excited to record this episode, Yay. and I was thinking about it all last night. And then, you know how when you're sleeping and you keep dreaming and thinking it's time to wake up. Yeah. And so I kept waking up for this. So I've been awake for hours, ready to record. So it is time. We could have done it earlier. We could have done it after lunch. Couldn't <laughs> we? I just can't wait. These this is definitely one of my favorite seasons. Yeah. For sure. My kids as well. And talking about it just feels like a super treat. So That's nice. I'm super excited for this one. So have you had time to have breakfast this morning then, with all this time? Yeah. I had time to have breakfast. Sorry, wash the kitchen counters and even the kitchen wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> But I made a toasted sprouted bagel. Uh, I get them from Azure Standard. It's one of our prepared luxury foods that I don't always have on hand, but I do try to keep on hand. But they're really delicious. Mm. And I also got this cream cheese from Azure Standard. They call it, hmm, I want to say it's called like farm style. Okay, you mean like and it is? It's more farmer's cheese. <clears throat> no, it's not farmer's cheese quite. <clears throat> they call it a cream cheese, but farm style cream cheese, and um, it's a little bit more crumbly. It's more crumbly than a farmer's cheese for sure. Okay, okay. but it's it's crumbly 
um, and delicious. <laughs> and so you it, have it that is on the or... I feel like the, yeah, I think the store one is like very smooth, you know? Okay. But this one's not quite like that, but it's delicious. And then I made a giant vat of tea to drink while we're recording so I can stay warm. Wonderful. And did you eat lunch? Yes, yes, I did. Um, Gable was unexpectedly at home today because there's a train strike. Oh, nice. So we just gave up oh, on the trains this morning. Dear. Not not a very good scene at the station. Hold on. So you, mm. so Rob went to the train station? Yeah, yeah. It happened yesterday uh-huh. too. You know, Rob went to the train station yesterday oh. to pick Gable up and there were no trains. And he was like, oh gosh, there's no yeah. trains. He's trying to find a bus. I'm I'm trying to tell someone at the school to tell Gable to stay there. It was not very... <laughs> not a very pretty scene. Way. So when they both went to the station this morning and there was still a strike, another strike today, and they just said, oh, I'm not, I can't do this today. So they came Whoa. back. I I was just doing a little bit of work and I, and I was contemplating getting up and going out for a while. And um, the doorbell rang and it was them back. Oh, so, my word. So, yes. They, wow. So didn't, there was a train strike in the, London when you were there, wasn't there? Trains, a lot of strikes. Um, really? There's usually not so many in the UK. There was a lot this summer, but Italy has a lot of strikes. Italy has a very kind oh. of... Every, you see, everyone thinks that Italy is a fascist country because of Mussolini <laughs> and the war and that kind of headline stuff. But actually, if anything, it's a very, very socialist country. Um, there are a lot right. of protection for workers. Um, you know, the kind of... It's much more socialist than the UK is. And I think part of that... Um, is the fact that there are a lot more strikes here than than I'm used to. So is the are, is the train system pretty automated and computerized over there, yes. or is it yes. very manual? Oh, okay, yeah, and it's very so good. How many people? Frankly. I mean, how many people are really? I guess they have a lot of leverage because they yeah. move the country around. Yeah, so. yeah. And, um, people can't go to work. No, you have to go on the road or on the bus. Any of the buses. Wow. But um, we just, and how does that 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 must be terrible because yeah, there's about if, ten know, times more people majority. on the bus. Yeah, oh. I oh, don't want to get involved. So Gable stayed at home, and which means he joined us for lunch. Um, and we nice. had we had lamb, which um, I don't usually we don't usually eat, but I bought half a lamb, so we've been having it quite a lot. And I did some kind of cutlets with a bone still in them in the cast iron pan. I just fried them in lard. Um, not overcooked them. I kept kind of touching the meat, pressing on it to to make sure it, you know, was the right sort of um, pinkness still, you know, so it wasn't overcooked. And we had carrot salad with it, the carrot salad that um, is from Kate Deering's kind of book with coconut oil and loads, loads of lovely salt and apple cider vinegar on, sauerkraut, and I had a spelt sourdough pancake on the side. It was really nice. Mm, that sounds amazing. It was. It was yummy. So we've got a and lot. Thinking, yeah, go on. Well, okay, so you said lamb, right? Yes, it so is. Yeah. think about, yeah, and how, uh, let's see. It hasn't come out yet, but there's an episode coming out with Meredith. Yes. Who's a butcher. Yes. And for anyone who's on the patron, she did an extra reading, oh. um, which she made me think of because yeah. you said lamb. And then you made me think of how we should have lambs in spring and um, the thought of coping with butchering lambs. And then she actually wrote a really 
poignant piece about yes. that and you asked her to read it so she read it as a special for patrons so definitely be checking that private yeah, feed that will be out early next because, year some really yeah, good podcasts I planned for definitely next year. cried while she was reading that it was yeah. really good <laughs> i was so moved when i read it i was like i have to share this with I the patrons really wonderful yeah i'm glad that you thought of that let's um let's get moving on because we've got lots of wonderful things to talk about today. So exciting. Um, first of all, we've got a couple of reviews to read. And the last time I looked at our reviews on Apple Podcasts, we had 98 reviews. Oh, my gosh. And so that obviously led me wow. to think, well, we've got to get 100. So if you're listening <laughs> and you listen on yes. Apple and you would like to get us over 100 reviews, please do go and obviously leave us a yeah. nice review please on apple podcast by yeah. the end of the year that would be awesome that would be so that would be so wonderful and um, we so, can't even review ourselves we don't have apple no exactly apple what's <laughs> that write a really nice review <laughs> we've got two really nice reviews here um i'll read the first one and then i'll let you go on the second one andrew okay. so the first one's from bm murdoch which is five stars and the title for it is motivating and eye-opening and this person says, I have tried to focus on healthy eating for many years, but got to a point where I was so bored with cooking and felt I'd lost whatever creativity I used to have in my kitchen. In a random podcast search for some type of food inspiration, I stumbled upon this podcast and it completely opened me up to a whole new world of food. I am so inspired by Andrew and Alison. The creative juices are turning again. As I begin to implement some of the things I'm learning, I find that so many nutritional questions I had spinning around in my head are beginning to have answers. Ladies, I hope you will keep this podcast going forever. Thank you for inspiring me. Wow. That's so kind. Yes. I love when people say how they found the podcast. Yeah, so do I, because I do wonder how people find us. Yeah. Well, let me read this one. Okay. Um, from the name is When is Food Ready? Mm-hmm. Which I feel that. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a good name. Uh, the title is Wholesome Podcast about Wholesome Food. <clears throat> and they said, I stumbled upon this podcast drawn in by Allison's beautiful radio voice and Andrea's <laughs> delightful quirkiness. These ladies draw you in and dive deep on ancestral food topics from preparation to the history to the farming and food production means needed to sustain truly wholesome nutrition. I truly look forward to listening in on their conversations and I've picked up many new ideas from the show. Highly recommended. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank Thank you. you. And it's nice to have a quirky podcast partner. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have a beautiful radio voice across from me. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. So let's um, direct those two energies towards our topic today, which is Christmas. Wonderful. Yeah. So we decided after a, quite a bit of deliberation on what the Christmas episode was going to be this year, it's our third one, to talk about slow Christmas and mm. to share from our own experience and from patrons memorable and meaningful ways that we all celebrate and um, work towards and try and have a slow Christmas. So, um, Andrew, do you want to talk a bit about what slow Christmas means to you to start with, what the term slow Christmas means? Yeah, I, for me, a slow Christmas means being very conscious of not, um, not, not only just celebrating in the ways that commercialization and 
selling and marketing have turned Christmas into. But one of the kids was laying on me the other night and they were saying, they're like, I was laying on the couch and they just jumped on top of me and lay down. And I think it was Camille. And she was like, the real meaning of Christmas, spending time with your family. I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) And I thought it was funny that she said that, but Christmas originally, um, when people started celebrating Christmas, it was very steeped in religious tradition. And it was centered around a worship of and reflection of something outside of yourself. Mm. And I sometimes feel, you know, if you see modern Christmas movies or advertisements, that Christmas is all about celebrating yourself and spending and getting a brand new credit card (laughs) and things that um, actually aren't that beneficial to you and don't really uh, nourish your soul Mm. in a way. Mm. So using Christmas as a reflection time, um, as a reset time, um, this is kind of now the opposite of what it used to be. You know, Advent used to be uh, Lenten type fasting. Yeah and abstaining and things like that and now it's almost just gorge yourself on Mm. tons and tons of junk food and stuff like that and then um people actually say that you know generally speaking people gain weight over christmas um and then that makes us feel like we shouldn't you know it makes us feel guilty about the good holiday treats and traditions that we do want to enjoy so Mm. i guess slow christmas is stripping away all the meaningless things and finding out what the meaning is for our family. Yeah, I like the way you said and that, then, finding what the meaning is for you. Mm, I think yeah, there's this kind of overlay of like, as you said, of what commercialization has done to Christmas. And it's trying to tell us what Christmas means. <laughs> and it's not, it's what Christmas means to, the, right. to line the pockets of someone else. And mm-hmm. it's up to us if we want to be, you know, conscious and to be beings that feel whole and connected to, to ask ourselves, what does Christmas mean to us and how Mm -hmm. do we want to celebrate? And then for me, slow Christmas means literally just by (laughs) sidestepping that commercialization of Christmas and, and just saying, what do we want to do? Well, we want to reset. We want to rest. We want to be together and celebrate being together. We want to place value on the things that we love and celebrate them over that time. And so it's just like you said, it's uh, understanding what it means to you and whether you're religious or whether you're not religious, whether you're going to celebrate on your own or whether you're going to be with just a small family or a very big family, you know. In, In each of those arenas, it's about, being conscious and then using that consciousness, which is a gift, to actively direct Christmas to be slow, not fraught and full of credit cards and things mm. like that. Yeah, I agree with you. To to that end, Alison, mm. I think you remember last year, um, we collected some of our Christmas ideas and things and put them in what you so delightfully called in your beautiful radio voice, a Christmas hamper. (laughs) And 
um, what, what I wanted to do this year was re-release that, but add a few more things to it. So the patrons will be getting that little Christmas hamper. Um, I, I suppose like an email or something. Um, and, and if you guys look in there, then you'll see, you know, my, my methods for turning, you know, Christmas cookies into more ancestral recipes and um, lots of other recipes we put in, we put in um, yeah some other recipes uh, and ways we um, celebrate our, yeah just things that we enjoy about Christmas yeah completely if you've been around ancestral food for 10 minutes you know liver is a superfood you're looking at a food packed with vitamins a k a broad spectrum of b vitamins coq10 bioavailable iron plus many essential minerals and more Liver is your first stop when seeking to gain energy and restore your health. Not only is it a delicacy and staple of traditional diets, it's the first thing most animal predators go for when hunting. Are you looking for a good way to work liver into your daily life, but getting it on the table just isn't happening yet or as much as you'd like? This is where liver capsules come in. Allison and I are both supplementing our ancestral diets with liver capsules from One Earth Health. We get all the incredible benefits of liver, even when we're on the road or preparing non-liver meals for our family, and the sourcing and preparation has all been handled for us. One Earth Health produces nutritious organ capsules from 100% grass-fed New Zealand-raised cattle. Support the pod by purchasing through our link, and you'll also get 5% off and free shipping as a bonus. Go to oneearthhealth.com slash ancestralkitchen or check the show notes. So why... Why slow, Alison? Why do you choose that? Um, I think mainly I choose it because I need it to be that way for me to be sane. Because I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of my life living the other way. And I'm just life, that doesn't do it for me. Life's just empty for me that way, you know. And so I want to use that time in a way that gives to me and gives to my family and it and it is that beautiful time when we can when we can share our values together and make our days craft our days to be a way that will center us again that will bring us together again that will allow us to understand what we really value and I also think that I mean talking about the commercialization I don't want to spend the money that comes into our household in any other way than constructively you know I want to give it to people who do good things in the world I don't want to just let it go into some hole because someone tells me I need to buy something in order to have a nice Christmas it's I think that's just rubbish um (laughs) and I think you had a really poignant um kind of juxtaposition of wealthy that when you're slow and intentional with your Christmas, you can feel abundantly wealthy, even without spending the money. And I mean, that's kind of what we're going to expound on as we go through this episode. But I feel as if we spend so little money on Christmas, really. I mean, we spend more money than we'd usually spend on a week or a couple of days, but not much more. And yet those days feed us so incredibly. And I feel so um, 
luxurious and wealthy mm. through the through the acts and what we choose to do and you know we I feel like we should come out of Christmas feeling renewed and refreshed having had that time to to be with others and to contemplate and to rest and if I did it any other way I wouldn't feel like that and that wouldn't be good for me or my family so yeah for for yeah. our sanity for my sanity uh, that's that's what it feels like to me how about you I would agree with that and I would say when you said luxuries it made me think if anybody wants to pop back in time and listen to episode number 63 Hmm. that was one that you and Rob recorded together called Everyday Luxuries. And I thought you did a good job explaining the concept of luxury in there. Um, as you, and that, that's, that's what I mean when I say, I feel like you can feel so wealthy when you celebrate this way and you just think, wow, we just sat here and we read books and we all ate oranges yeah. and, you know, whatever it was that was your experience. But if you tried to afford the big, whatever gadgets and stuff mm. you would just feel stressed and bored <laughs> yeah I mean I feel you know? like I I me, me personally I used to have Christmases like that you know my childhood was somewhat like that you know we had the television on throughout the whole time we had snazzy wrapping paper we had plastic decorations we had boxes of chocolates all around the house there were presents everywhere there was the traditional food a lot of it was bought from supermarkets. There were the standard things. Some of it was really nice. Some of my childhood was really nice. I sang in a church choir and we had, the Christmas was a pinnacle of that. And that was a wonderful part of Christmas. But a lot of it was mm. commercial. And I feel the, you know, the, the difference, the two ends of the scale between that and what we do now, because I've had that difference, you know. It's, it's easier for me and and Rob and Gabriel because geographically we're far away from our family so you know a lot of my family continues right. to celebrate Christmas like that it's easy for us to choose not to because we're not right there um, but you know that it's not part of the reason why we're, we're so far away but it it helps us it makes it more easy for us to kind of shut the door on that um, but it's um yeah I don't know what were your childhood Christmases like Andrea did you have do you see a difference between how you celebrate now and how you used to celebrate um well long-time listeners will know that I basically try to replicate my childhood because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like those Christmases were so magical and perfect and my parents always did it on a shoestring budget with eight kids so they would figure out how to make it happen and and I've, I think I've said before how my mom always made it feel magical by, she would use that time of year to get our practical things, socks, underwear, mm. um, school books, notebooks, new pencils and things like that. And she would wrap it and put it under the tree. And so it just felt like, oh my goodness, we have so many presents. <laughs> it's just insane. And so, so it, it wasn't outside of what they would have spent on us, but it was just feeling wildly exciting as a kid. And I think it's important to know that the things that you described from your childhood, they aren't intrinsically bad. Not, there's nothing wrong with snazzy wrapping paper. Yeah. But if you 
have to obtain those things at the cost of your peace and sanity. And you're only doing them because you think you should, or because advertisements told you to, then it, then it, the intention gets skewed. Yeah. And, and I think the, there's a lot of pressure put out by advertisers. You and I don't, (laughs) excuse me, you and I don't spend a lot of time consuming advertisements, Alison. I think that's Um, the difference, you know, it feels to me. Yeah, that probably helps. It kind of doesn't feel to me like in a way that my Christmas is anything other than normal because we've been doing it this way for ages, but also because I don't engage with television. I don't engage with media. Yeah. And therefore I don't see all that. I don't go in a supermarket. I don't see all of that. And so therefore it, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect me perhaps in the way that it would yeah. if I was much more involved in media or I, I was closer so. to other people who were celebrating in that way, you know? Well, I, it, it, it is fresh in my mind because last night we watched a football game. Okay. What do you guys call it? American football? I don't know. American football. We don't even use our feet in the game, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) American football where you only can hold the ball other than kicking a field goal. Isn't that rugby? And (laughs) doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. But anyways, we haven't watched one in years Mm. and we watched it. I think the first time since we've lived here Mm -hmm. and there was commercials and they were advertising um, American Express credit cards. Okay. And they were showing basically this mother and daughter having all these experiences together and bonding and having so much fun. And it felt like the implication was get the card because don't you want to take her to this fun experience Mm. and we can help you afford it and make it happen. And all I was thinking was they're going to get home and mom's going to have a credit card bill. And, and she could have had an experience with her daughter going to the used bookstore and buying a book and reading out loud to her for six Mm. hours for like $1. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I felt like there's that pressure that's being put on people. Like, look, this is how you bond. So go spend money. We're just going to come out and say it. We don't need that stuff in order to be happy, in order to have a beautiful, wonderful, wealthy, rich time. It's just there telling us (laughs) that we need it so they can make money. Don't listen to it. I know know it's hard if you, you know, the fact that... It gets more complicated when you involve other people and those people don't think the same way. It's harder. And, you know, if you have to host them or you yes. have to go there. But um, there's still wiggle room for, for all of us, whatever yeah. situation we're in, to And you'll train those down. people around you. We train people how to treat us. We train people how we're going to behave. We train people to know when we'll answer the phone or respond to their text messages. Mm-hmm. Um so you can, you'll, you'll train people that are around you. Um, yeah. If you're always showing up with, you know, the handmade gift with newspaper wrapping or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, Allison. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I would add to that mm. is um, that Christmas is an extension of who you are and how you do everything is how you yeah. do Christmas. And um, yeah, that's completely so true. If you, it's hard to suddenly slow down all of a sudden. Uh, although I would say I try to be more intentionally slower just to take that rest, yeah. which I'm not going to just rest 12 months out of the year. Yeah. But, um, you know, with doing things with intention isn't, doesn't only have to be at Christmas time. Yeah. So completely. what are some of the ways, like, 
give me some very specific things that you do. So things that make your Christmas affordable and pleasurable Mm -hmm. and um, feel abundant and decadent and luxurious and enjoyable and all the things that we love about Christmas. Yeah. So the first thing I would say that we do is that we don't work. And being that both of us are um, independent workers, that is quite a hard thing to do because if we don't work, we're not um, potentially bringing in what we need to survive as a family. So choosing not to work when you're a freelancer or when you're doing your own thing is, is a hard choice to make. But we fence round however much time we can and we don't work. That's important. The other thing that we don't do is connect in any other way than intentionally. So we will phone um, and connect on video with our families over Christmas because we won't see them in person. And that's, you know, intentional. We want to share with them. We want to talk with them. We want to see what they're up to. Um, But I'm not going to be going on and reading the news or um, going on social media, both of which seem quite alien to me in my normal life now anyway. But it's a closing down of that space to do things that are intentional and to create space for the other things that we talked about, the rest, you know, the, the connection, the communion, right. the introspection, that kind of thing. How do you feel about our food world? Do you want to see change like we do? If so, head over to patreon.com forward slash ancestral kitchen podcast and help support us to get this work out as far and wide as we can. To say thank you, we've got a host of extra ancestral food material to share with you. You can connect with us more deeply via our Patreon-exclusive podcasts, our after-show chats, our dedicated forum and our ancestral food get-togethers. And there's a library of downloads that will support you in your own kitchen. By joining, you'll be really helping us to continue making this podcast and to focus on having a bigger impact reaching more people, making a greater difference so we can move together towards the future food world we all want to see. We've got four levels of support to suit different pockets. Check out www.patreon.com forward slash ancestral kitchen podcast for all the details. So those two things feel really important to me. And then within those kind of days um over Christmas we we have an advent calendar for Gabriel going up to Christmas and then over Christmas we we read a lot and then we make special food which we always make at home not expensive food um I like to cook something over Christmas that um on Christmas day particularly that warms the house up so the the oven's on and the house is warm and the smells are going through the house Um, So something that's cooked slowly. And then we, you know, we have our special food. So um, this year we are doing my fermented gingerbread and I'm doing an oat version of it this year. Patrons may have listened to the oat episode we recorded um, a few weeks ago. And know that I'm oat crazy at the moment. So... um, we, <laughs> we, I'm making fermented gingerbread cookies with oats and 
got a really wonderful board on Discord with the patrons and they are all sending pictures to me of their doughs ready to make up into cookies the day before Christmas. A few days before yeah, Christmas. Mine's sitting there too. Yours is there. Ready wonderful. to go. Um, another thing I often like to make is another oat thing called grassmere gingerbread. <laughs> of course. Which is a treat mm, so for the boys. Good. That one we put in the Christmas hamper last year. So our um, revision you, of it this year will be in there. Do you have a YouTube video of that too? I'm no, trying to not remember. yet. Not yet. No. Okay. Hopefully I will do. I'm thinking of something else. Hopefully I will do. Um, Someday. So yeah, we do lots of special food. I think I've done, I've also fermented some chestnuts in mead, in kind of a honey mead, which oh, yeah. will be wonderful. Um, and then we are usually, our Christmas Eve is kind of when we start to slow down. We listen to carols from King's, which is a carol service from King's College in Cambridge. The links for that um, are easily accessible in that um, Christmas hamper that the patrons will have. And often we'll have like um, a Christmas drink, like I'll make a mulled suens or a Christmas water kefir, tibicos. And quite often we sometimes, Gabriel will sometimes have a present, perhaps a book or something on Christmas Eve that we'll sit and actively share that evening. Um, it feels like Christmas Eve is a time when we're together and we don't go and talk to my parents or Rob's parents. We tend to be just kind of slowing down together. So we'll listen to the carol service, we'll have our mould suens and we'll just play a game or read, something like that. Um, and then Christmas morning we have a really nice breakfast and I think we're going to talk about breakfast because I feel, I feel as if on Christmas Day it's a breakfast for us that sets the tone for the day. You know, something slow, oh, yeah. a little bit luxurious, oh, yeah. something we can just sit down and take our time over and really, for it to be special. And so that's kind of the start of, of our Christmas day, having some a breakfast that um, is, is really yummy. And, and we've got some wonderful breakfast to share with you. Let's talk a little bit about you, Andrea, because you do some different things to me. What, give us some examples of what you do to slow down over the Christmas period. Okay. I really liked how you said the things you don't do, because I think that's quite important to remember that in order to uh, do some of the slowness we're talking about. You do need to drop some things. Mm. So I'm glad that you said that. And also, thank you to the patrons because you're actually why we cannot work on Christmas yeah. because you've helped us to be able to offload some of the work to uh, Rob's amazing tech guy. And mm -hmm. that has just been such a gift for you and I. So, Indeed. you know, we just... Love you guys for that. So thank you. Um, <clears throat> okay. So if you listen to episode 20 and episode 47, those are our past Christmas episodes, the Christmas survival guide and the Christmas traditions episodes. And so I won't go into too much detail on some of these things because they're discussed on there. Mm -hmm. But we also do an advent calendar. It's a very simple one. When I was a kid, we had one where you just put another ornament on like a um felt tree every day um there is no opening of drawers or anything like that when I was a kid um now my kids have we have we got this three dollar gingerbread calendar 
or you move the gingerbread man from one pocket to the next. Hey. <laughs> and each day I just put a different slip of paper in there with, well, I don't always get it done every day, but I try <laughs> with an activity we can do, which might be as simple as coloring a picture or might be if I, if I already know that it's on the schedule to go see a concert that night, then I'll put that in, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I only put them in one day at a time because I can't plan any further ahead. Mm -hmm. um, the kids make decorations. So as a kid, I remember feeling, I actually didn't even think about this until I realized I was doing it with my kids. I remembered feeling so important because mom would say, uh, has anybody colored a picture for Christmas yet? Like, ah, we need a picture. And I was like, oh, it is my duty to decorate for Christmas. So we would make um, paper snowflakes. Yes, paper snowflakes. Um, little snowmen that we could cut out or color pictures and hang those up. Mm. I think my mom actually still has some hanging up. But I have my kids, we just print free pictures online or sometimes I draw a picture for them to color and they just love doing that um I, I would say you said about you don't connect anyway other than intentionally mm. and I would add to that be intentional about how you teach others to connect to you there is a tendency to make people feel guilty <laughs> so um you know how if somebody says to a kid, hey, can can you give me a hug before you go, before I go? And they say no, then um, adults sometimes pout and say, oh, you don't want to give me a hug? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I would call guilting a child. Yeah. And, you know, so adults do that to each other, too. Uh, can you come to this thing? I We're going to stay home for Christmas. Oh, come on. Come on. Go out, you know. So don't do that to people and don't guilt them about um, the way they want to spend their holidays. And then they will learn not to do it to you. Um, you said cook something slowly. Also, you can do those simmering pots with spices. Usually we would put cider on the stove because that oh, smells really good. And idea. then the kids can drink it for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I should say apple juice, right? Because cider's technically alcoholic. That's kind of like what the Suans is for us. You know, we put all the spices in it and then oh, leave it simmering yeah. for a while and the whole house smells mm -hmm. of it. And then you have the Tibicos, mm -hmm. <clears throat> formerly known as water kefir, yeah. in the morning on Christmas too, which is very spicy. You're not yeah. cooking it, but that is in the Christmas hamper if anybody wants to see how Allison makes it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. Then we have, I have an Advent box. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes underneath the house where I have my score for Handel's Messiah and our Christmas placemats that Gary's mom made for us and children's Christmas books that I get out only at Christmas time and read to the kids. And then some platters I've accumulated over the years with snowflakes and stuff on them mm -hmm. for cookies or whatever. And this year, it should be here today actually, but I ordered. Uh, handles Messiah on CD mm -hmm. so that I don't have to go on to the computer or my phone anymore and listen on YouTube. You can listen to it for free, which is great and which is what I have always done. But I have just been very intentionally finding ways to not have to get the screen involved 
in my day. And one of those is getting Handel's Messiah on CD. Yeah, I think putting also, something on the CD hmm? player is so, it, it's um, it's just a different act. It's a different, feels like a different act. You know, right. even going further, Rob has said that, you know, um, in a few years time when we have a bit more space, he would really love to get a vinyl record player and, and a few records and it, it feels yeah, like that kind I of agree with that. that goes with the slow thing you know it's it's not going on youtube and finding the thing and then listening to the adverts and seeing the screen it, it's uh, an intentional slow way i love that nothing's worse than listening to <laughs> in the middle of emmanuel and mm, then they're like mm. did you know you could get a credit card always <laughs> 10 like, times uh, louder than the actual piece yeah. why mm. uh, rob's music would sound really nice on vinyl wouldn't it yeah gosh i'd like to hear that mm. yeah i would my mom actually had a record play when i was young and they uh, that was the tradition that they would play white christmas oh yeah however i don't remember that but my sister does mm. my older sister um we also bought at the used shop I always sift through their CDs, which are 92 cents for used CD. And I pick out the Christmas ones that look nice. And there's a lot of good ones there. And so then the kids put that on and I'll say to Adelaide in the morning, where's there Christmas? Why is there no Christmas music? And she'll just <gasps> leap out of her chair and rush over. <laughs> I will get it on. Don't you worry. So yeah, those are some of the things we do. Wonderful. So I, I want to get onto the breakfast because we asked patrons yeah. what breakfast they have. First of all, tell us what, what you do for Christmas Day breakfast or what you might do this year for Christmas Day oh, breakfast. I think I'm on this list, actually. We can just hit me when we Oh, get okay. Finished. All right, then. So I'll just start and make everyone hungry, shall I? So Em um, told us that she does a Christmas Danish, which she's making herself with eggs and bacon. Then oh, Diana, or Diana's food, that it just sounded like a mm. complete luxurious Christmas. Um, panettone French toast with butter and maple syrup, home-cured bacon, Mexican hot chocolate and grapefruit mimosas. Then she says everyone takes a nap after that and you can oh, yeah. understand why. <laughs> um, Hannah, who's in Europe, she has a German Stollen, which is a, a fruit and nut bread with marzipan in the middle with lots of butter and some homemade jam. Then Andrea, wow. you're next on the list. Tell us what you have. Uh, we do cinnamon rolls, which I make ahead, and then we bake them in the morning. Mm. Uh, sausage frittata and cocoa, and usually a bowl of oranges. Mm -hmm. And of course, because of Adelaide, we always have to have oatmeal. oatmeal. Those are all mainly things that can be prepared and then just sit there and be baking while we open up our stockings. And then, ah, okay. Then so I think this year, this year, I'm going to probably do a pie with an oat crust. And very often, Ooh. the Gables kind of playing with something he's got, you know, like like in his little stocking or perhaps a book or a game that he's got. And I love to be in the kitchen actually doing something rather than preparing it before like you do. I like to just have mm -hmm. the music on and Rob and Gabriel are together and I'm just making something kind of on quite often on the table in the middle because that's the space we've got. So this year I think I'm going to do a pie for breakfast. Uh, usually we have pancakes because I like putting all the different toppings on. Um, but yeah. um, I'm going to make a pie with an oat pie crust that I'm experimenting with. Um, there is a spelt pie crust in the sourdough spelt book that's just come out. So if I, I, I think I'm going to do the oat one, but I could possibly do the spelt 
pie crust as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a pie, put it in the oven, all the smells will go around the house, really warm. And that'll be our luxurious breakfast. Looking forward to it. Delicious. So um, do you want to go through some of the other ones on the, on the list here? Yeah. Go on. Deb said she makes a quiche to go with brunch. And they also do ham, potatoes, cookies, fruit, shrimp, cocktail, pies, and a Santa Claus salad. Mm. And then they add other odds and ends, like a pickle tray. Mm. And then they get special olives. So explain to everyone what the Santa Claus... make memories. Tell us what the Santa Claus salad is. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know what it was. So (laughs) we asked her and she said it was raspberries with raspberry jello. And the topping is whipped cream, cream cheese, marshmallows, all whipped together and put on top. And that would be really easy to make um with uh gelatin and mm. um raspberries um basically make like a cream panna cotta that'd be delicious mm. andy said that she does stuffed crepes yeah. okay so she stuffs them with whipped cream and sour cream a mixture of whipped cream and sour cream or yogurt and berries that were frozen mm. from the summer it just sounds amazing <laughs> it all sounds so good um Francine, I thought this was cool because Francine is in Australia. Mm. So she said Christmas Eve is their big meal and she's on a farm and they um, they actually do a big long table outside mm. and have a huge feast on Christmas Eve. And remember that for her, it's warm. So yeah. she can do that. <laughs> she can be outside. And then she said, yeah. on Christmas Day, they have leftover pavlova. And I have, I like that doing, doing leftovers on Christmas where you don't have to work. That's kind of cool. And then Nicole said smoked salmon and cream cheese on pumpernickel. I can go to any one of their houses. I, I wanted to pick happy. up on something else Francine said, which was, she said for the rest of the week, excuse me, I just coughed. Um, mm-hmm. For the rest of the week, she has... Um, the fruitcake left over from Christmas, toasted with butter. And it made me think about having Christmas pudding at Christmas and then having some leftovers and then frying that up and eating it with cream after Christmas. It's so, so delicious. Really fried. I've heard of that, but oh, sounds delicious. Fried Christmas pudding or fried fruit pudding. Um, it's just all the flavours because you've left it for a few days. All the flavours kind of mould together a bit more somehow. And then you just fry it up in butter and it's so luxurious and poured cream over the top. It's like the most treaty, wonderful breakfast. It's really, yeah, I'm I'm with Francine on that one. That sounds good. Really, really nice. Okay, um, where are we at now? So the, We're hungry. (laughs) Indeed. I wanted to talk just a little bit about another tradition that, we've done here for, I don't know, maybe five years now, which is um, doing something different for Christmas lunch each year. And I feel like this started because, you know, I ate turkey every year for Christmas growing up. And then when Rob and I made our family and made our house together, we couldn't afford to buy a turkey at Christmas. But I wanted the Christmas lunch to be something it was special because turkey always felt really special to me with all the trimmings. And so I came up with the idea of, right, I'm going to do something the first year that we've never eaten before. And it's going to be a challenge, but I, I don't pick something incredibly difficult. Um, I pick something that I know like, is within my reach. And then 
we have this, this surprise because I'm doing something new and creative in the kitchen and then we're all tasting something new. So for three or four years now, I've done something for lunch, which we've never eaten before. And that's kind of become our family tradition. A bit like what you were, you know, talking about with your CDs or your advent calendar, or your box. There's, there's ways that we can make traditions that are just us, just our family. And, and some of the patrons, we'll share some from the patrons in, in a bit because they've just got such wonderful ideas of things that they have that are traditions for their family. I also wanted to say, though, that even though, you know, we have these traditions as a family, they're not set in stone. I don't want us to feel, or I don't want to feel every year approaching Christmas. If there's something I don't feel like doing that year, then I don't want to put myself under pressure to do it because that's not going to result in a me that's the right me for Christmas, for, for, you know, to be with my family. So maybe we won't do the Christmas, new Christmas lunch every year. If one year I'm not inspired and I don't want to do it that way. This year, um, we're, we have usually have a Christmas tree, which I made about five years ago out of painted embroidery hoops. I bought lots of different size embroidery hoops and separated them and then painted them with my natural pigments and then bound them together in the shape of a tree. Um, and every year we usually get that out and make new things to hang inside the circles. This year, I just wasn't feeling that inspired to do it. So we're doing something different for decorations. And I think it's important to let ourselves off the hook sometimes if we, if we don't feel like we can carry on a tradition or do something like we've always done it. So just step back and go, you know what? It's not that important. Just because I don't do it this year doesn't mean I'm not going to carry it on next year. Um, and so, yeah, that feels important to me because it, it feels like we can even put ourselves under pressure. I know I can put myself under pressure. You know, none, no commercialization putting me under pressure, but I can put myself under pressure to, to have everything how I want it to be. And it feels really good if it doesn't feel quite right to let it go sometimes. I like that. I get off my soapbox now. Yeah, nobody can put Alison under pressure like Alison can put oh, Alison under pressure. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell it me about the it. Truth. So I think that's good. That's wise. Yeah, I, I would say there's certain things that have come and gone. Uh, for instance, something that might seem strange to people is that Gary often works on Christmas. Yeah, mm. like actually at a work place. And so we just move the day on <laughs> whatever day we want. So we have had many of our holidays and birthdays and things like that. We don't film on the prescribed day, if you will. We do it on the day that works for our family, the day that we can all slow down and be quiet and chill or be loud and boisterous or whatever we want together. Yeah. So that's um, nice. Actually, in not last year, but the year before, Camille actually went to my parents' house for the actual Christmas. Mm. And she woke up with um, my little sister, who still lives at home, and they went downstairs and made breakfast together and had all the fun experiences, you know, with my parents and everything. And then wow. um, they came back to our house and then we had Christmas the next day at our house. Okay. So, um, so she kind of got the Christmas experiences, but it was really fun for her and for my little sister, who's the youngest of eight, 
and doesn't have younger brothers and sisters. Mm. So it's fun for her to have that experience of shepherding somebody through the excitement of it all. And um, yeah, so so it, sometimes your holidays might take a very strange shape compared to what other people expect. Yeah. But if it's a shape that makes your family excited and happy about it, then it's the right one. Yeah, completely. When I first heard Allison talking about boza, the fermented drink made of millet, that's a household name in Turkey, I felt as if I was being transported back to a bazaar in the Ottoman Empire or traveling the Silk Road on the back of a camel, and I knew I wanted to taste it. Boza is fizzy, sweet, tart, and it's full of probiotics. You can drop it into your smoothies, spoon it on top of your breakfast, or drink it in the traditional way they still do in Istanbul, topped with cinnamon and toasted chickpeas. Fermented millet drinks were first made in that region of Europe in the 8th century BC. And as with all of Allison's courses, she's gone above and beyond in research and experimentation and testing on Rob and Gabe and given us an easy way to recreate the goodness in her own homes. If you'd like a fun and tasty way to get more probiotics into your life, bring her into your kitchen and have her walk you through how to bring this ancestral dairy-free, gluten-free fermentation recipe with her amazing Boza video course. Head to www.ancestralkitchen.com slash Boza, B-O-Z-A, to check out the video course. And happy fermentation. So we've got some more kind of traditions and and really nice things and kind of slow things to share because we've had wonderful discussions with the with the patrons on the discord board and i've been yeah. so inspired just turned out yeah i've been My so inspired goodness, by some of the things they do and that's I yes, think, me too. part of the reasons why we wanted to share these because mm-hmm. just listening to some of them and reading some of them on the board i was like oh that's a really good idea you know so why don't we alternate hmm. okay you read one or or you know some of them are really long, so we'll just pull selections from them. And then anybody who's in the Patreon, hop onto Discord and look for the board called Christmas. Yeah, great. And you could actually, right while we were talking, Justine just commented on the board because you told her about the black pudding. You said, oh, no yeah. black pudding. And she said, just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to convert her. I've got to convert her. <clears throat> okay, so I'll, right. I'll start. M. Um, okay. She has um, little kids and she said it's really hard to be slow when you've got kids around. And I I agree with that. Um, She said that the slowest part of her holidays are when she is contemplating Christ and the real reason for the Christmas season. Um, And that music can help bring that spirit into the season for her. Oh, I like that. I like that idea of, you know, that contemplation, that time for space. And that's the thing that actually shows you down. She also says, um, I'm also a big overachiever in my goals for celebrating. Hello, I recognise that one. (laughs) And always have to tone down the expectations I have for myself to the simplest form I can possibly make them. Oh, that's smart. That's wonderful. Just actually being conscious and saying, I always do this. I always say I'm going to do this, 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 this and this. No, stop. I'm going to just tone my own expectations down and, and make them as simple as possible. It's really good advice. Maureen has mm. a lot. I love Maureen has some, I mean, everybody has, everybody has amazing traditions. So she said her um, kids are older now. Mm. 
And she said, ever since they were born, she would give them an ornament every year that relates to something special that happened in the past year, like a graduation or they bought a house. That's very cool. That's Mm. very thoughtful. Mm. And she said, also when she travels, they will attend a cultural cooking class and she'll get a special food item from Mm. that class as a gift. That's clever. As somebody who has taught cooking classes, I think this is brilliant. Mm. (laughs) Love this idea. She said it also spreads the expenses out over the year and it's something they can use rather than something just to have to store somewhere, which is also brilliant. Yeah. And this is fun. She said if they're going to be together for the holiday, her daughter buys a board or a card game for them to play. None of us needs things, but we love making silly memories, Mm. usually involving songs and weird accents. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Making memories is so lovely. You know, you talk about your childhood, you know, with your Christmases your mum made and the memories she made. And, you know, I have lots of memories of my childhood Christmases and that's really what it's, what it's about. And just the small things can do that. It's it's so wonderful. Deb um, talked about something that I think we talked about in one of our previous Christmas episodes, which is maybe the first one bringing the greenery outside into your house so she said she loves going into the woods and foraging for greenery and natural beauty to make wreaths and other decorations for her house and a bit later on she also said she makes gingerbread houses and she does it together with her family and also Justine does that too I heard them I saw them having a conversation about that so um, I know my sister used to make gingerbread houses whether she still does it I don't know but that's a and a wonderful idea to to actually involve everyone together and make something really really beautiful that tastes good too. If anybody is on the Discord right now, um, Justine also posted her recipe. So ah, okay. Um, Jen said that she makes a lot of preserves in the summer and fall for gifting. That's important to her. And then at Christmas time, she focuses on something to supplement with them. So a loaf of sourdough. And a pretty set of napkins and homemade butter in a basket with lemon marmalade. Mm. I think everybody listening says, yeah, I'd I take that gift. Lemon marmalade sounds to me. nice. Wow. I've never had lemon marmalade. No, I but I do want it now. Yeah, and I want the napkins too. So yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Wonderful. She says that um, they have an annual baking day with the family. They make heaps and heaps of cookies and cakes for gifting. That's a cool thing getting uh, one of those treats as a gift and then also being able to give it. She said it's utter chaos, but it's part of their tradition. Now, I love this. She hosts the cookie baking day. Her mom hosts the wreath making day. That's a great idea. They all gather in her mom's barn and they use natural greenery and ribbons and berries and forged items for either gifts or for their own. And the kids attend and make a kid's craft too. That's a great idea. I love it so much. I want to adopt that. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Who else? There's just such wonderful ideas. We've got... Um, I know. Andy next. And she's saying hmm. that she gives handmade gifts, just like you were talking about then, um, but she starts to slow down and do it by prepping for them starting in October. So that's a just, you know, it's a bit late now, being like December the 19th, I think this is going out. But the idea of starting to make food or crafts a couple of months beforehand and putting things aside not only does that stretch the 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 cost out so it's not all coming at one time 
But also, if you're doing things like ferments, they need those couple of months to to actually, you know, um, be at their best. So she's saying she puts aside ferments and herbs for bitters, cordials, and small jars of, of goodies. And she thinks that's a wonderful way for her to give gifts to her family and friends without the stress yeah. of shopping and worrying about what you're going to buy for everyone. She said, mm-hmm. no one I know needs more stuff, but they all enjoy good food or a nicely made hat. Gosh, I like a nicely made hat. I'm a hat person. I wonder if she's, is she knitting or crocheting? I don't know. Maybe you should tell us. I'm a hat person. Or sewing. I don't know how. I don't know. Or maybe you're weaving straw hats. It, I don't know. She's, I want to know. And she says, it's a great way to focus on my own crafting as it gets cold. And that feels like a nice thing, you know, because in this hemisphere that both of us are in, it does get colder in the winter. There's less um, desire for us perhaps to be outside. There's less happening in the garden. And so actively taking that time and saying, okay, this is the time where I'm going to focus on my own creativity in the form of craft, then that could be a focus to move you towards Christmas in that you're making gifts for things. And it forces you to sit down. Exactly, and slow down. down. Exactly. Um, Mm. She talked about little traditions that their family do together over the course of the month, like from the end of Thanksgiving to Christmas. And she said making cookies with the little ones hand-making advent calendars. And she also says Swedish angel chimes, which I think we have to ask her what they are. Um, Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. But again, that's the idea of like the wreath-making and the cookie-making workshops, just being together and doing small things that slowly build to, to give you wonderful memories of those things. Really nice. Yeah, those are all so nice. Um, Justine said that they make gin- the gingerbread A-frame houses. You referred to that a mm-hmm, minute ago. Mm-hmm. And she said, then the kids nibble on the houses for a week after. I think that's five kids, if I'm remembering correctly. And she makes hers from a Norwegian pepper cacker recipe. Hmm. And it is delicious. I love gingerbread and spicy breads and oh, cakes and cookie type too. things. Me too. That snap of ginger in it. So that sounds delicious. The, um, you talked a bit earlier about um, a little bit of what Francine does, um, who's one of our patrons oh, yes. in Australia. And the, the really wonderful thing about um, reading what she gets up to is, like you said, the big table outside with everyone who's on the farm and everyone who's working on the farm on Christmas Eve with loads and loads of food. She makes her own um, crackers for it. And she's done lots of different types of food, but they all eat it outside on the lawn because okay but when really she weather. says party crackers she mm-hmm. she means um does it mean like crackers and dip no because crackers over here what and obviously in australia are different now i didn't know you didn't know what crackers were when she said when she put in brackets so i thought oh, do do they not have crackers in america no crackers are <laughs> um like a thing made out of paper and um usually decorated all christmasy with pictures or you know red paper and they're like a, a an extended toilet tube shape. <laughs> Doesn't sound very attractive, but they are. And inside, there's a little. <laughs> That's the best description. <laughs> inside, they're like um kitch- a kitchen roll, central like round paper thing. Yeah, and yeah. They've got two ends, and you're supposed to pull them with someone else. So you give someone the other end. Inside the cracker, there is a little um kind of. Um, thing that makes a bang when it's pulled 
And usually there's a little tiny toy in there and a Christmas hat and a joke. And so you pull, you hand the cracker to the person next to you and you pull it. The person the other end pulls one end, you pull the other end. It breaks in the middle and one of you ends up with the central bit with the goodies in. And then you get the goodies out, you put the hat on, you open up the bad Christmas joke and you read it to the table and everyone like tries to guess it and and groans. And then there's a little toy, like a key ring or a puzzle or something like that. So you can make these yourself. You can buy the little things that go bang. You can can make them out of cardboard. You can make the goodies that go inside as well. And um, certainly in the UK, and it sounds like in Australia, they're a staple for Christmas dinner. I mean, you, you sit at the table, you have okay. your plate and you have your Christmas cracker at the side and that's what starts the dinner. You sit down and, you know, before you start your, I don't know, shrimp cocktail, whatever it is, prawn cocktail be in England, you, you know, pass your cracker to, interesting to someone because on the other side of the table and you put your cracker. about this um, and I've never so heard of such things are. until, except for <laughs> so, the fact that on Thanksgiving, my mother-in-law gave us a box of good things fun. that look like toilet paper tubes wrapped in paper exactly and the kids all opened them and they banged or whatever like you said and um they had a little turkey that winds up and like rolls along the floor and a paper crown and terrible jokes yeah very awful they've got to be awful even worse than mine like yeah yeah, seriously they've oh we grown they've got to be awful jokes that's part of it so okay that's why they were so bad oh we were like wow these are really the worst jokes we've ever heard they just that makes sense when she said bad jokes i was like wait a minute they're supposed to be bad like they were pretty lame but of course they're funny because everybody's kind of hysterical and exactly cider and stuff exactly anyways so so francie made her made her own ones which is wow which is a nice thing to do i think i've done that once um but i think gable would enjoy doing that which should be really... Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine what he would put in there? Yeah. Uh, my kids would probably fill it with frogs and worms or something. <laughs> be wonderful. I should probably not let them make them. Okay. Do you want to go on to the next one? We've got one from Marissa. All right. I will read Marissa's. Mm. Um, she said she grew up in an Italian-American family. They always ce- celebrated Natale mm. with delicious food. Mm. They would make biscotti or anginetti, which is Italian wedding cookies. Okay. Like, I don't know if I said that right. But yeah, you did. It, it on was, Christmas Eve. It was fine. Uh-huh. Close enough. On Christmas Eve, they would have Chiopino. Who else? Somebody else said they had Chiopino. Yeah, that was Diana. Oh, Diana. Yeah. They, Diana said they have Chiopino, which I've had one time in my life. And it was so is that how you pronounce it? And for you, is that how Americans pronounce know. it? Because I would say Chiopino. Yes. I don't know. Chiopino. I think we have to ask someone who knows. Better. No, I've never eaten it, but it sounds nice. <laughs> I have no idea. It's not I actually an Italian traditional dish. It was invented by Italian immigrants in San Francisco. Um, yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. San Francisco style sea- seafood stew. We have a really interesting Italian food over here oh, because completely. it's all sub American culture. Yeah. And then it's all based on what was available in those big cities at the time that Italians were immigrating here. So it's very specific, but. Um, very different pizza is a completely amazing example of that you know it doesn't really resemble italian pizza much at all well plus all our different big cities detroit chicago new york they have different styles of pizza too and if you go between them then the people who live there say that's not a real pizza that's terrible you know but 
um, every city kind of yep. claims their own. Exactly. Probably if I had to pick one, I'd say Detroit. I like that one. I would like to try them all. That would be nice. Yeah, you make it in a cast iron pan and it's deep. Oh, so. okay, okay. Um, she says Orbanya Cauda mm. with all the fresh winter vegetables, sliced beef mm. and thick. Man, I am so hungry, Alice. I know. I did eat breakfast, but this sounds amazing. My noni always loved to make zucchini frittata with biscuit. What? How would you do? I don't understand. No, nor do I. She's saying she makes uh, it with her own. Have to explain that. She makes it with her own biscuit now, so she, she makes, makes it herself from biscuit scratch. Biscuit from scratch. Mm. But I don't. I don't understand how you use biscuit mix in zucchini frittata. So maybe she can mm. teach us. That would be awesome if she posted that. Marisa, can you post that? Yes, in the, please. <laughs> in the Christmas thread. We've got one more. Wonderful memory. Um, something else from right. M, who said she always does enchiladas and other fiesta type food on Christmas Eve. So that's a nice that's thing. Cool. Um, and she said, our little yeah. Mexican grandma neighbor used to bring us enchiladas every Christmas Eve when I was growing up. So I believe that's where it began. That's a really that's nice so thing. Um, I feel like Christmas Eve is, is kind of like the, it feels to me like the beginning of the festivities, like I said earlier. And so Christmas Eve kind of sets the tone for we're slowing down and doing something wonderful. And then, um, yeah, Christmas, Christmas morning breakfast is opening it all up and, and making something mm, yeah. amazing. And then just a day of, well, I don't want to say being lazy, but that's actually probably not the right way to say it. Just a day of resting and yeah, yeah, refreshing. It's you been, see Alice and my yeah. work bias showing through. <laughs> <laughs> it's been wonderful this year to have that input from the patrons. You know, we didn't have the Discord board really up and running yeah, last year. I agree. And to to hear all those different traditions and to see the recipes being posted and people sharing what they do, it's made me think about what's possible for um for us next year and just made me a little bit more kind of joyful and inspired to think about how we can we can celebrate Christmas and celebrate the Christmases in the future so thank you to everyone who's contributed to that and um mm. it's been it's been a really and it will probably continue to be right up until Christmas a really engaging discussion it's a good good way to see that there's many different traditions they're all right and if you need to change what your tradition is for whatever reason you know, it, it's just become a tradition because you did it over and over. So you have the power and you can change it. Oh, wonderful. So um, if you are, if you desire uh, an ancestral community, do please think about coming and join our Patreon because it's such fun. If you want to come find us, it's it patreon.com forward slash ancestral kitchen podcast. And um, yeah, if you haven't got a Christmas present for yourself yet and you want one, then that's that's a lovely thing that will um, bring you lots of joy next year. I want to say amazing Merry Christmas to everyone, to you, Andrea, and to everyone who's listening. I hope that the festive season will be really intentionally joyful and peaceful and slow and delicious and lots of other amazing adjectives and that um, we will be back early next year um with hopefully lots of wonderful episodes for 2024 i already know the schedule is wonderful <laughs> for next year so i cannot wait yeah 
Nor can I. Nor can I. All right, Alison. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation. Come find us on Instagram, Andrea's at Farm and Hearth and Allison's at Ancestral underscore Kitchen. Until next time, we both wish you much fun exploration and satisfaction in and out of the kitchen.